Hello Patriots. Welcome back to Survival Defense Tactics. Helping you take care of yourself so others won't have to. You can always go to anchor.fm, sign up for listener support. If you like the YouTube videos, just hit like and subscribe. Today's title is Grid Down, Now What? If the power grid goes down, trucks stop running, or even if inflation is your current situation, here are some questions you need to ask yourself. Now these questions are generally to fit your most likely to face topic. Uh, that includes like the second Great Depression, for example. I have no doubt in my mind a second one is just as possible as the first one. So you got to think about what your current living situation is, what where you're at, and what you're most likely to face as far as a shit hit the fan scenario. Uh, might want to grab a pen and paper. I've got some things I want you to consider and think about. If nothing else, this will give you something to work on to maybe reinforce an area where you might be weak or, you know, like I said, things to think about. Whatever your scenario is, if it's uh, power grid goes down, uh, tsunami, uh, earthquake, whatever, Whatever you're most likely to face, here's some questions that you need to, to think about ahead of schedule, like way ahead of schedule. And these are the questions I want you to start with. Whatever your situation is, do you have enough food stored up for extended periods of time? Between canned goods and canned meats, uh, vegetables, the whole nine yards, whatever you normally eat, do you have enough of that stored up? And I'll give you a good example. The, the running joke in the circles I go in is ramen noodles. A lot of people say that ramen noodles have very little to very poor nutritional value. If this is not what you eat on a normal basis, you probably don't need to stock up on it because it's just not good. One, you need to eat food you're most generally accustomed to eating. It's going to be bad enough, you're going to be stressed out with the way things are going and whatever it was that threw you into that scenario. Then you're going to change your diet on top of that. All you're going to do is compound the problem and make it worse. So if at all possible, definitely store the food that you're most accustomed to eating. In addition to storing food, do you grow a garden? If you do, this is great. And then back up one more time. Do you have enough garden seed? And of course, I do mean heirloom seeds, not that GMO crap. Do you have a way to replenish some of your food? And of course, I'm assuming worst case scenario, economic collapse, as it were. The trucks stop running. The supermarket shelves are completely empty. You can't just run down to Walmart and buy whatever you need. You're pretty much on your own. You're going to have to do this little house on the prairie style. You're going to have to grow and hunt. Pretty much everything that you're going to have when your stores run out. Next, what about enough water? Not just drinking water, but I preach continually about sanitation and hygiene. These are very important factors in a grid down situation, whatever your scenario is. Just because you're in a bad situation, don't make it worse by letting your sanitation and hygiene slide. You know, Disease is already going to be a big possibility for you, 
and filth you, you got to control that you got to stay on top of everything so do you have the means to rebuild your water supply not just drinking water but bathing washing dishes so on you, you need to be able to replenish your water supply if your water supply is minimal do you have a filtration system do you live near a, a creek a stream a river a pond a lake do you live somewhere where you can redo and rebuild your water supplies i hope you do if you don't i hope you have a backup plan so when that scenario hits do you have the ability to access more clean drinking water next what are your alternate plans for sanitation just back to what i was saying you know if let's just say that you're most likely to face a, a tsunami we'll just use that for an example tsunami hits more than likely your power grid is going to go down automatically depending upon how bad the tsunami was the roads are going to be impassable help trying to get to you is going to be chaotic you're still going to have to worry about sanitation you're still going to have to use the bathroom and with everything that the ocean drug in and threw at your feet now you've got human excrement on top of that to deal with so you might want to kind of do you have a backup plan for that how are you going to use the bathroom and be sanitary about it and not pollute everybody else around you next do you have enough medication if you're on any kind of prescription medication or vitamins or just a general supplement do you have enough to last a while and of course your while will depend on you know how long you think you should prepare for should it be a month six months a year do you have enough medication to get you through until life hopefully turns back to normal like you're used to if you have very small children or you're expecting do you have enough baby needs and that could be baby formula diapers the whole thing babies are quite a little care package they require a lot of attention a lot of nurturing a lot of everything i'm not saying go out and stock up on a year's supply of you know one size baby diaper obviously the baby's going to grow and going to outgrow some of those diapers but having a month or two supply of each size up until training pants probably wouldn't be a bad idea and when your kids are growing and outgrowing those particular size diapers maybe somebody in your community is expecting a baby you can either re-gift it to them or maybe it's in your own prepper community and you can do a little bartering you can trade out those particular diapers for some other product or, or service that somebody in your prepper community can do next on the list if you have elderly people in your home that you're taking care of do you have their needs and of course the first thing we think about with the elderly is medication that's kind of a given but what about and i'm not trying to be vulgar i'm not trying to be rude or gross just let's be serious let's be blunt what about adult diapers and adult diapers can either be the pull-on kind or the basically the square that you have to wrap around them and kind of you know safety pin to them so on these are things that you really need to think about if grandma or grandpa are filthy they're going to be miserable 
if they have any kind of a, a disorder like Parkinson's or dementia, Alzheimer's, any of that stuff, you really got to take care of them and keep them comfortable. Their medication is one thing, their cleanliness is another. I mean, obviously you want to take care of them, they live with you for a reason, so be prepared for their needs as well. Do you have access to a backup power supply? And this could be for charging cell phones, turning on the TV, turning on the radio, trying to get updates on the news, the weather forecast, whatever it's going to be. Do you have like a generator, maybe a hand crank radio? Those things are awesome. Uh, little solar packs for your cell phones. Do you have anything at all like that? If not, might be a good idea to invest in something like that. I recommend basically both. Get a generator that can power your refrigerator and your freezer to help keep your food cold. But you can also get those little miniature solar packs that's about the size of a cell phone. And those are great for charging cell phones. You're going to need communication somehow, someway, if cellular service still exists, depending upon your situation, you're going to need a way to power your phone. This will be get a hold of loved ones, let them know you're okay. Loved ones getting a hold of you, letting you know that they're coming to try to help. It could be to get a hold of emergency services, you need an ambulance, you need something. Just communication is absolutely vital in any crap hit the fan scenario. So being able to power them up and recharge devices, that's very, very crucial in my opinion. Next on the list is radio communication. No, I don't mean AM, FM. I am talking about CB radio or ham radio, preferably ham radio. Uh, where I live, yep, you have to have a license to operate on ham radio frequencies. Uh, if you can study for your test, get you a small ham radio to get started, Start networking. I've already made a podcast about networking out with communications. And that way, if the scenario that you're in is localized to basically your region, you could use that radio to get information from other areas, surrounding areas, to say, hey, look, we've got help coming. It's already here. You know, we're three hours from you. It should be to you and, you know, however long. A radio network, a ham radio network, is, in my opinion, one of the most vital things any prepper can do. If you've got the ability to have a ham radio and can afford one and get your license and whatever requirement garbage the government puts on you, get one and start networking now. This will be great because you never know. It might not be your general location that gets hit with whatever. It could be a surrounding community, and maybe you're able to lend some help. Yet again, if the cell phone towers go down and phones are no longer an option, a ham radio, I think, would be your next best bet. And I can't stress near enough, if you've got your license and you've got your radio, please start building a network around you, sort of like the idea of a spider web. You would always be at the center of your spider web. But try to get contacts in your network set up around you in ever enlarging circles maybe you've got some friends 50 miles away maybe you've got some friends 100 miles away so on so on so on of course you can't have a perfect grid for radio communication but the more 
networking that you have at your disposal, the better. The more informed you are, the more informed the people in your circle are. So definitely, definitely can't stress enough ham radios for emergency backup. And plus, they're a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun talking on them. And that's how you're going to get your network built is reaching out, meeting people on the radio, you know, just get a list, get a pen and paper, write down the call signs and where they're from. This will give you a good idea of what's around you, who's around you, and what kind of help might be available to you. Fuel. If you do have a generator, do you have extra fuel for that generator? If you have only the fuel that's in the generator, you basically have a, around about eight hours worth of power. And once again, I stress, try to conserve that energy towards perishable food items or medical equipment that requires electricity. There's so many things. You, you don't have to have every light in the house on. You sure as hell don't have to have the PlayStation going. I mean, conserve power, conserve fuel. Make sure you have fuel for your car, your truck, your generator. So fuel is very important. Next question I want you to ask yourself, what kind of community do you live in? Are you right smack in the middle of heavily populated Chicago? Or do you live in the outback in Australia where your nearest neighbor is 20 miles away? Think about the community that you're in, your environment. Are you congested or are you free to roam about? There are cons. Every time I turn around and think about heavily populated areas, the only thing I can think of are the negative side of it. People freaking out, panicking, just the chaos, the pandemonium, the bunch of chickens running around with their heads cut off. The less congested area you're in, the better I think your chances of survival are. And that's just my opinion. Everybody's got their own. That just happens to be mine. So if, if Metropolis is where you prefer to live, I hope in your neighborhood you've made some good friends, and I hope they're trustworthy. Hopefully y'all can band together and survive together. I'm not going to knock it. I mean, it's just not my lifestyle. Do you have extra for your pets? Whether you've got a cat, a gerbil, a fish, a dog, a herd of dogs, whatever. When crap hits the fan, your fur babies are going to need food. They're going to need water. They're going to have pet supplies and pet needs that they need taken care of. Don't forget about your fur babies. They're a valuable asset to your family whether you realize it or not. And especially if it's a dog. Cats aren't really widely known for letting you know when there's an intruder nearby. Yeah, they're fun and fluffy and playful and cute and all that crap. But dogs actually serve a purpose in a prepper community. With any good fortune, you've been training your dog, not so much as an attack dog, but obedience. And they, they're they going to be hungry too. Please don't forget them unless you plan on giving them table scraps every single day until your event comes to an end and life goes back to normal. Next thing to consider, what are your physical abilities or limitations? Now, I say this with two other aspects in mind. Your abilities or your limitations concerning self-defense, 
and or travel. Like for example, if it's an earthquake or a volcanic eruption and you need to get out of Dodge, back to having fuel for your car and so on, do you have the ability, are you physically able to get in your vehicle in short order with your family, your supplies, your pets, and evacuate? If you have some form of a physical limitation that is going to slow you down, are there ways that you can prepare to speed this process up? Maybe you have an enclosed trailer and you keep your preps and supplies and all that stuff in there. So that way all you have to do is hook your truck up to it, grab the family, grab the pets, and just simply put it in drive and go. Maybe that's your leg up on the situation. Maybe that's what your plan is. If that's not your plan, do you at least have a plan? So think about your physical limitations, your physical abilities, especially when it comes to self-defense or traveling. And crap hit the fan scenario. I can promise you there's going to be plenty of stupidity going on around you. Self-defense is going to be something that you need to know how to do. Not just hand-to-hand -hand combat. You need to know how to fire a handgun or shotgun, whatever your defensive weapon is. You need to be proficient with it. But yet again, what are your physical capabilities and limitations? If you have bad shoulders for whatever reason, uh, maybe you're advancing in years, maybe you've had an accident, whatever, and you've got limited capabilities with your shoulders, a 12-gauge shotgun is probably not going to be your best weapon. So think about these things as you're preparing and what you plan on buying for self-defense, so on. Make sure that you can handle what you buy. And I'm not trying to put anybody down, I'm just stating the facts. If you're a tiny, tiny little beanpole of a girl, there's no point in you going out and buying a 44 Magnum. Yes, it would be cool and you'd have bragging rights if you survived the recoil. Let's be smart about our decisions. Let's make our money count. Let's make our decisions count. And then the last thing I've got on here, plans for gardening or hunting and fishing. This really falls back on the food preparation. Do you have the ability to replenish your food? For me, we grow a garden. My family, we grow a garden. I hunt. We fish. We do have the ability to replenish our food supplies. And it's not very far from my home to where I hunt or where I fish. In fact, it's oddly five miles one direction for hunting. It's five miles another direction for a good fishing hole. Five miles isn't far unless you're walking, and I can see where that would be a pain in the butt. But, and I have alternate methods of transportation that does not require my car or my truck. So getting to and from the hunting ground and to and from the fishing hole isn't going to be that big of a deal for me. My physical capabilities, yes, I'm able to travel. Worst case scenario, yes, I could do this on foot walking. I don't really want to because that would take just a lot of time. Uh, scenario like that, you kind of want to get there, catch your fish, shoot your deer, whatever it is you're doing, and get back home. You're going to be safer at home than you will be on the road traveling. So these are a lot of things I want you to think about, a lot of questions to ask yourself. Are you fortified in those areas? Do you have some weak spots that require a little bit of beefing up or maybe a little bit of rethinking? 
is there any way you can improve on just those few topics I talked about? Of course, there's a ton of topics to cover, but... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> those are the ones that I think really hit home for almost any family and in any situation. Like I said, the, the title is Grid Down, and I just put that in there because it was no way I was going to put Grid Down Hurricane... Tsunami, earthquake, her, you know, tornado, just whatever your situation is, whatever your scenario may be, these are key elements for every single situation, for every single prepper, no matter what your size is, what, what your group size is. Is it one, is it you by yourself, or are you part of a large community? These are all things to consider. If you did write these things down as I was telling you about them, go back and... and Rethink, maybe you're super, super strong in one area, and maybe you need some work in another area. Well, this would be a good time to get on those, get that fortified up, and just, you know, do your absolute best. Don't give up. Have a backup plan for your backup plan. As always, thank you for listening. Stay safe. God bless.